0: to Everything is Television. I'm Justin Blizzard. I'm
1: Keith Krepko. And I'm Chris Summers. And we're going to talk
0: about episode 2 of 11 63 Called?
1: The, the Kill Floor. Right?
2: Yeah. Nailed it.
1: That was intense. <laughs>
2: More intense in the episode, right Chris?
1: I loved it. What are you talking about?
2: Oh, okay. Alright, so... Uh,
0: who wants to start it off? I think Chris should take the lead. That's here, Chris. You didn't like the episode?
1: Um, all right. It's not that I, I didn't like it, but I don't know. I think we've it's gotten to the point now where we're expecting huge twists and turns left and right. And there wasn't a twist. It actually just kind of played out how you thought it would. At least how I thought it would. Or
0: but but isn't that the real twist?
1: Yes, that's the twist. The <laughs> twist is there was no twist. It just happened just like it was planned. I mean, weren't you positive that the dad didn't do it the whole episode? No. Of- no. Well,
2: I read the book. Well, so. well yeah.
1: yeah.
0: What I was thinking was that, and I guess this could still be a possibility, but my the first thought that I had was when James Franco was at the house giving the fake sales pitch, and the little boy was... Not nice a li- sales pitch. They the, just won. what Whatever it is, mm-hmm. trying to... Whatever it was. The little boy said, I'm, I'm going to be Buffalo Bill, or whatever he says. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand that's just his Halloween costume, but the first thought I had was that scene is going to play out, and James Franco is going to realize that The memory that Harry the story that Harry is telling at the beginning of the show is um is is still the pro is James Franco is actually involved in that, right? Because it's time travel and so it's all looping. Uh. So I thought it was gonna be like this is that was actually a product of James Franco's involvement. And so Mm -hmm. now he's realizing right he's just playing yeah. into it and if he wants this to actually be fixed he has to start over Get again himself out of and it. do something different again or pull, yes take himself completely out of the situation uh, you that's a- wrong right which which it sounds it seems a lot more interesting than how it actually plays out
1: <laughs> well i still see something with what you just said what if the story of him standing in the classroom changes to back in on halloween i saw someone murder my dad
0: right exactly well and that's that is sort of what has to again mm-hmm. that that is and we're jumping a little bit of he- ahead but by the end of the episode that's what i wanted to see happen next yeah. i wanted him to immediately go back yes. to the present yeah and then reread the story or whatever
2: especially because he's a wanted man now for right. murder right <laughs> right it's hard to stop an assassination when you're wanted for murder right murder Murder. So anyway, but what do you think of the episode in general?
1: Um, it was fairly entertaining. I I, I definitely saw a lot of the uh, classic Stephen King, uh, tactics at work. Like when the guy he meets the guy at the bar, Josh Dumel, takes him to the uh, uh, what is that? Killing the killing floor, and then right. uh, you know, tells him to hammer the cow and then does it himself. It's like. That is, I felt like I was reading the book. It was, it was incredible. That is such a Stephen King type.
0: Yeah, that was a very good scenario. And something I, I wrote down in my notes, and something that I mentioned to you while we were watching The Witch, Keith. Hollywood has finally found somebody that knows how to swing an axe slash sledgehammer. Hammer. Right? No longer do you have these dummies Holding these objects by the very end, like it's a baseball bat, that's mm-hmm. not how you swing a sledgehammer. You gotta or an hold axe. it up. You gotta right. choke
1: up. Right, right. So Wait, I was impressed by that. It's like the hockey stick grip. Yeah,
0: yeah. Because this, this doofus in the witch who is apparently cuts a lot of wood is swinging this thing like it's a vertical baseball bat.
2: That's not how you swing an axe. Well, that's how Puritans did it.
0: Maybe. Sure.
1: Keith doesn't know how to do it either because he just said "choke up," which is actually not the right way. (laughs) Choking up would imply taking both hands like a baseball bat (laughs) and and getting closer to the head of the hammer, which is not. (laughs) This
2: is not why you were invited on this. Why a baby would swing an axe? Exactly. This is not. This is. You guys are not going to gang up on me about saying "choke up" (laughs) on a on a bat. Or Sledgehammer.
0: Yeah. No, but that, that scene was great. Um, and there was, I felt like there was a lot of little moments in this episode, just like little moments that felt very much like this is a Stephen King sort of touch. Like the diapers, not to get, again, too far mm-hmm. ahead. But mm-hmm. that was something I felt like, oh, that is a very sort of Stephen King thing to do. Is to put in something ridiculous He puts all like of
2: his that. characters in, in adult <laughs> diapers. That's an old standard. Um, I mean, for me, I found this, this episode troubling for, for different reasons. But number one is basically, in, in, that, in the first episode, I told you that I felt like they had a, a perspective on this story that I was interested to see. And now that after the second episode, it makes me a little nervous about what their perspective is. Because the one thing, like you said, Justin, that I wanted to see was the impact of these changes that he's making. In the book, he goes back and forth multiple times. He is trying to, like, just in this act of saving Harry, he does that a few times to try and get it right. Before he gets it right. Right. And in this one, it seems like they're saying he's got one shot. This is all just like from first time through all the way to Kennedy assassination. We're just going for it. Mm -hmm. But there are so many moments like in what happened at the end. Again, jumping ahead. But what happens at the end of this episode? You know what I would have done if I was him? Turn right back to Maine and walk through the door. Now people know about a time traveler and I've killed somebody. This is not the way that I wanted this to go. I'm stepping out. Mm-hmm. And instead he seems to be going further in. And I, that's not. And, and again, they only have eight episodes,
0: right? That's exactly the problem that what I wrote down is they have a reset problem where they've established this mechanic of resetting. And they're never going to Right. Of resetting the scenario. The problem is, which is a very convenient mechanic. The problem is this is only an eight episode long series. And so as much as I want to see him go back, learn the repercussions, and then go back in and do everything again, that's not going to make an entertaining television show. And you don't have enough time in eight episodes to do all of that, to keep doing right. that over and over and over right. again.
2: But, but here, here's another idea for free, Hollywood. If you can make it, what, what's interesting about the book too, and I think what's interesting about time travel, and I think a lot of people think the mechanic of time travel is what makes it interesting, but it's not, or it doesn't have to be. Can you imagine what the impact would be on a human being if they had to go back and try and fix something? And it went wrong in so many different ways where... Can you imagine if this time he strangled Josh Duhamel? What if next time he had to choke him, right? What if he went back and that time he had to shoot, blow his head off, right? What if he kept on having to reset because he was trying to do it better, but every time he did it, he was having to do something horrific. Wouldn't that play on his psyche, on his mind? And you could have explored some of that right the the flashback sequence didn't just have to be like a like a montage of flashing back and like oh here's the milkman again oh here i'm doing the same things again and again and again Mm -hmm. you can be dealing with a man who's haunted by actions that are being wiped away every time you know he's killed the same man like 15 times maybe like what would that do to your mind Mm -hmm. because there he is again and and all you can think about is the time that you you know, choked him out with a uh, with a wire. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I guess we'll never know.
2: We'll never know, and that's and that's a shame. Instead, what we're getting is this story, which is linear about man going back in time. And I have to say, what did you guys think of the man's story of his bronze star? Mm-hmm. What would you would you make of that scene?
1: Did it stand out at all? Is that it? Just silence? That's Go really ahead, that's Chris. Um, remind me of the Bronze Star scene.
0: He, he drowned a German soldier while he was sleeping.
1: The oh, old, The gotcha. old man that they... That it was that right this was before... Is the, this is the World There war. Are No Heroes in War right. mm-hmm. sequence. Actually, I thought that scene was really good. I, I really enjoyed that, that scene. That was one of the few parts of the episode where I was like, well, I really kind of like that.
0: What do you think, Justin? It, I thought it was good. I I mean, I, I, I it reminded me of the uh, hundred other times that that scene has been made. I they weren't bringing anything new to the table, but I thought it was perfectly adequate.
2: Okay, so again, um, my my approach to that was very well acted scene. Yeah, at least from one of the people. I want to get. I want to address James Franco later on, but well, <laughs> well acted scene. Very well written. Yeah. All I could think about was the story that we were not getting because we were getting this man's story.
0: You know? You mean in terms of showtime? Showtime. Right. I
2: I couldn't help but look at my watch and be like, oh man, we're going two minutes now and plus.
0: I think that is because you've read the book.
2: Exactly. And I don't want to keep bringing up the fact that I'm a book reader and stuff, but. I'm thinking about the story that they're leaving on the floor in, in exchange for the story that they're telling. And I'm trying to meet them on the level. I'm not holding it against them, the stuff that they're cutting from the book, but to give that scene and this episode, even though it didn't feel like it, it felt like kind of three big scenes, right? Three big talk scenes. There's the, in the bar, there's the war story, and there's the killing room floor.
1: Uh-huh.
2: and it's and you know, well written, like I said, well shot, well acted, but to actually maybe fit in a reset, I probably would have traded a reset montage, at least one mm-hmm. to to get a, a a feel of what is he changing, and that's something else that. It's, it's hard not to address if you if you were changing things you'd want to see the effects after you made a big change.
1: Well, and don't forget that he also got that little boy killed I mean wouldn't it have been nice to just go back and do that one over again
0: well exactly that the house fire that house fire is set by the bookies right but it's, that's not uh, the past
3: um,
2: well yeah, either way he he is the well, I guess Reason. so. If that's true. So yeah, why
1: wouldn't you impetus. go back and... Right. That's he, he's he's going to go back and not place that bet in the same way.
0: I mean, the, the last thing, my last note that I wrote down after the episode was over is that I really liked the episode. I liked the show so far. I watched the pilot twice because I finally convinced Julia to watch it.
3: Oh, mm-hmm. oh
2: and, and, and really quick, that, that fire couldn't have been set by the bookies because that's when he already went down to Texas, right? He said he, he placed the bookie bet in Maine. Right. And then he ran from Maine, yeah. but they didn't trace him yes, down. Yes, I'm telling to, you. For, for $3,000, they, they tracked him down to yes. Texas and set a house fire?
0: Yes. I'm telling you the house fire is set by the bookies.
2: Wait, I mean,
1: is that, Do so, we know that so, as a fact guy. or we're just, you're just speculating? I'm right. speculating. Oh, right, okay. So okay. Says the
2: guy who didn't know he drove from Maine to Texas. Go <laughs> on. <laughs>
1: There's a minor plot point.
0: Yeah, what I'll say is I like the episode a lot. I like the show so far a lot. And all of the things that I've mentioned so far and that I will mention for this episode that have been hindrances or sort of little hiccups have done nothing but encourage me to read the book. Like so far, this show has been an awesome advertisement for the book because everything that I want to see the show do, you are confirming is more or less in the book.
3: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm.
0: after it's over, I may really want to pick up the book. I don't know if I will, <laughs> but I will really want to.
2: Right. You you <laughs> should. This is, I mean, you know, we 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 talked about it in our introduction episode, but this is one of Stephen King's best. Anyway, go yeah. on. Yeah.
1: You think it's his one of his best?
2: Absolutely, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, he sticks the ending, which is one of our knocks.
0: Um Speaking of, just to cap off this tangent, speaking of things that the past has or has not done, the past is supposed to really start to mess with you when you're about to change something. Mm -hmm. It gives him... So far, it has almost set him on fire, almost dropped a chandelier on his head, burned down a house, supposedly, killing a little boy. And in this episode, when he's about to kill a man, it gives him the squirts... Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, yeah, it, really, it upsets it really his gave stomach so much
1: that he has to wear diapers. <laughs> like, that's really all the past has got? Uh, the past, maybe the past wanted this to happen. Because maybe it was yeah, part I mean, of the,
0: it. They, the past may as well have slipped a note under his door that just said, like, yeah, we don't really care about this guy. Get rid of him.
2: Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's abusive. This kind of <laughs> washes out. I'm going to give you some diarrhea. Go, uh, go get some adult diapers really quick to, to kind of really cap off that tangent. One thing that I didn't want to say in episode one because I didn't know if they would address it, but then they do address it here, which is that, you know, um, Al blames the past for his cancer. Right. Al, in episode one, gets furious with James Franco when James Franco is not ready after an all-night talk session to go back and stop Kennedy's assassination. Mm -hmm. Would you... Go back and try and stop the assassination. If the man telling you says, by the way, I think I have cancer because I tried to stop the assassination. Basically, he's saying, go get cancer. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think
0: you can be conflicted about that. I think you can say, yeah, I'm really pissed off that I've got cancer. Yeah. Probably more so because he didn't actually accomplish anything.
2: Right. But But I think
0: he's also willing to say, I will take this cancer in, in in the face of changing the course of human history.
2: Right, but I love how pissed off he is at, at James Franco for not really wanting <laughs> oh, he's to a dying do that. Old man,
0: huh? <laughs> I said he's a dying old man. Of course he's pissed off.
2: Right, but okay. The other thing too is in the book he's not he's not that onery. Oh, I don't really? know. Yeah, I don't know why they made him that way. Because again, like I said in the book, he's far more established. And and now that's revealed because I didn't want to reveal that. Yeah, in the book is kind of like you know the past can give you cancer so now if i ask you the question who's worth saving for you getting cancer doesn't that list drop to pretty much nobody
0: i mean my stance on going in the past was to gamble not even to save anybody <laughs> yeah. so of course <laughs> right i mean if you put i mean i guess it depends if you put me in James Franco's scenario where I'm completely alone,
3: mm-hmm. I
0: have no family and cancer-free, cancer-free, would I I would I would definitely think more about the conflict of willingly accepting cancer in order to um maybe uh, unacknowledgedly change the course of human history. I would at least consider it in my current scenario where I have a wife and two daughters who I love to death in no way would I ever (laughs) accept a terminal disease to do something for somebody else. Probably. I mean, there may be exceptions to that. The assassination of JFK would would not be one of them.
1: Yeah. I kind of wanted to talk about how gross that intro was with the spit. It was oh, very gross. Yeah, that was gross. And why somebody tell me why he did not take his other shoe. Yes. That drove me nuts.
0: Yes. I wrote that down too. He just left why his shoe there. Why only take one shoe? Yes. It, there, this, that, that whole um, that whole confrontation ends with a bird's eye view of him laying on the ground And his shoe is off of his foot and laying directly next to him. With his other shoe on his foot. Right. And then the very next shot, he's walking down the street with only one shoe on. He wanted new shoes. Why did he not put his other shoe on?
1: He wanted new shoes. And he knew this is his chance. So let me get this straight. He goes to the shop. He puts on these little short shorts, which is just going to get him beat up again. (laughs) And now he's got one shoe on. How is he going to go to school like that?
0: Yeah, Yeah. he might as well have gone to school in his underwear. He still doesn't have two shoes on his feet.
1: I mean, no wonder his dad... Never mind.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He just wants new shoes, and he saw a chance to be like, Mom, I got beat up. They took a shoe. I need new shoes. He wanted Jordans. I don't blame him.
1: One thing I wrote down is uh, one of the... You know how we talk about Stephen King being a little corny? How about the uh, James Franco's... Happy effing Halloween, Frank Dunham. I'm coming for you. <laughs> I, cr- I mean, you ever just get the shakes, like cringing, <laughs> like thinking like about how there's millions of other people watching it and how you're embarrassed that you are watching it as if they're <laughs> seeing you like it's like the thought of you. You know, when you're younger and maybe you're taking a peek at porn and your mom just walks in the room. Like, that's how I felt when he said that line alone in my apartment.
0: Yeah, that was a bad line.
2: You just felt connected to every other viewer and and a universal cringe.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I I thought the episode was very confusing at the end. What was he mouthing to himself? What did that mean? Why was he mouthing and talking to himself to where the point where he couldn't even hear him?
0: Oh, right. He was talking about, I think he was just repeating the names of the family members and saying they're still alive or something mm-hmm. like that. I mm-hmm. think it was, he was just trying to, what was more confusing to me about that whole sequence is, um, why was the bartender hiding in the bushes uh, yeah. What was his plan <laughs>
2: yeah. I have
0: a like theory he's just about in that in the bushes with a knife
3: Yeah.
1: Well that was the I mean okay so one of two things That was the trick They were trying to He had the knife so they were They are making you think They were gonna do You know bust a, uh, a twist on you That it's the bartender mm. But notice how the bartender Just appeared there The bartender appeared earlier In the episode In the other bushes And then somehow The bartender teleported To the end yeah. of the episode Yeah so I'm guessing and I may be completely overthinking this that the bartender is a figment of the past and is not real. And it's just there to mess with him because he changed something because I don't understand how the guy could find him.
0: Yeah, t- to me it just felt like um, it felt like either a character or a storyline or a set of characters from the book that were heavily condensed yeah, it could be to that sort too. of uh, work as some sort of emotional or just sort of like a just well, like a catalyst for action.
3: Well, like, there's it's a big
1: a, sorry, go on, Chris. No, I was just gonna say that, that, like you said, we only have eight episodes, so they 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 blocked out the part where he says he called, he hails a cab, he says, "Hey, follow that guy."
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, I I so. There's a big middle section of this book. And I think what they're, what they're trying to do is keep the momentum going, keep the pace going, and give him somebody who's going to help make some of the logistics more believable moving forward. Because the book, this guy spends a lot of time right. doing reconnaissance. A lot of time, like, planning and... Yeah and And just a lot there's a lot that goes into it, and I feel like they they felt like they needed to give him somebody who was helping him to to keep it believable because he's gonna have to do a lot of stuff um having said that no the the I like your theory, chris, but he interacted with too many people in the bar right he and, was the uh, actual bar he yeah. bar was bartending yeah. but but he, it is like in the end stuff like that drives me crazy where he's driving away and he just can't make it all the way out of the city limits because he has to wash his hands of the blood so he pulls over and he's not yet out and then somebody else comes up to him or whatever whether it's josh is like i'm not done with you or whatever right. and it's it's all just you know it's so overwritten where you, where you can't just get him out of, away from there. You need to keep him there for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I didn't like that at all.
3: Um, is this, speaking of corny, James Franco. Mm-hmm. It's, Period. I don't mind James Franco. Okay.
2: I, I don't mind him either, but I don't believe a word that's coming out of his mouth. When when he's in the car, getting driven to the killing floor. See, I really like that scene. Really? Well, okay, I like it. But but when when he's like, "So how'd you say you knew me?" and James James Franco like looks over his tattoos, like, "Uh, guy in the service." Yeah, but I think
0: that's the point because as a- as soon as he showed up and gave that story to the bartender, the first thing I wrote down was, "This story makes no sense." It's not thought out at all. At all. Like, how does he know this guy? Why is he writing a story about him? Blah blah. blah. And and that was one of my notes. And then as soon as that scene happened, and uh and uh, what's his face uh, starts questioning him, and you can you realize like, yeah, he hasn't really thought this out.
2: Yeah, but but then you have him too when he's like, uh, you know, the the one kind of clear joke in this episode besides the adult diapers. When he's talking to the uh v- World War Two vet, and uh he's like, so where'd you serve? And he's like, uh, Korea two tours. Yeah, mm-hmm. where? MASH. He just <laughs> lays out the MASH troop or whatever. And uh, I, uh the way that he said that, and then I, link, I, and I linked it to that, the way that he said, mm-hmm. a guy in the service. I was like, you know, n- he is... He's so unbelievable mm-hmm. in what he's saying here. No way any character in that universe is believing a word that comes out of this guy's mouth. That's either an acting choice, or what I'm kind of suspecting is that James Franco isn't good in pulling off like just 50s lingo. It's kind of like we talked about the witch and these actors pulling off like Puritan 17th century language. Mm-hmm. And that period language, how difficult it is. I feel like James Franco's trying to do that. I feel like 50s, lingo in his mouth, like Chris said with the Halloween line, Mm -hmm. or every time that he says like uh, shucks or tries to say, it just sounds so like marbles rolling out of of his mouth. Mm -hmm. And some of that was like the, oh, gee whiz, when he's first in the 50s. But now I'm realizing like, this guy can't pull off any kind, like if he keeps acting this way and he's having to lie to people and convince them like, no, I belong in this building. I'm in the FBI. Mm -hmm. If he keeps saying it the way they are saying it, I'm just going to be like, no way anyone's going to believe that. And in both those scenes, it's kind of left ambiguous as to whether or not the people he was saying that to believed him or whether they need needed to believe him. That old man wanted to unload, you know, his guilt and Josh Duhamel is already suspect of what he's why he's there. Mm-hmm. So, he doesn't have to be convinced. Mm-hmm. But man, Franco is just like again, it's not to the point where it's really bothering me, but I'm just taking notice of the way that he's saying his lines and delivering them mm-hmm. and it just it's just sounding very stagey and again, maybe that's a choice because the guy is not an actor in there and he maybe would be a little stagey. Mm-hmm. But uh, I I just I don't know. He's on thin ice.
1: He's just not great. It's I think it's just that he's just not a great actor. I think I don't. I think it's that simple. Because you're right. It's it's weird. I I can't explain it. I think you did a better job of explaining it. But it's just weird. All the scenes with him. He's okay. It's not bad. It's just not great.
0: Well. This is another thing I wanted to make note of, and I think it speaks to this a little bit. I don't care how much you guys disagree with me, (laughs) and I may not be able to express it adequately, but there is something about the composition of this show and the music and the Mm -hmm. score Mm -hmm. that it makes it feel like a 90s television miniseries. Yeah, It just feels retro 90s retro to me and part of that is that the tone feels a little bit off Franco's acting does not bother me as much as it bothers you guys it's
2: not even that bothers me it's just it's just I'm noticing it
0: sure but there's just something about when the score comes in the score itself And the editing and sort of the shots, it just feels very much like a 90s miniseries. Whatever that means. That's as far as I've gotten in my expression of how it's coming off to me. But it's there. And after the first episode, and you both didn't pick up on it, it, I thought, okay, maybe I'm just thinking about this too much. But after watching the first episode again, and then watching this episode, it's definitely there for me. Also, um, speaking of the tone, of the tone being slightly off, leading up to the moment before Jake goes in the house to um, kill, is his name Frank?
2: Frank or something, yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. I never once questioned that that is exactly what was going to happen. He was going to go into the house, Frank. That whole process was going to be started and he was going to have to kill Frank. As soon as he got into the house, or I guess maybe right before it starts, and you start hearing the like Foley work and Mm -hmm. the background sounds and like the smashing and the screaming and in the background. As soon as I heard that, I thought he's going to walk in there and they're going to be like doing something stupid for Halloween.
1: That's exactly it's what I thought. It sounded so
0: over the top.
1: Yeah. That <laughs> I, I thought I, like, I thought they were just going, going to be like a, goofing a prank around. or something. Yeah. Me too. That's, but so, I still thought it was going to tie into the bartender killing, killing the family. Yeah. But yeah. somehow the kid was going to remember the hearing the goofing off and something like that.
2: Yeah. I, I love, and I love the bartender story. They try and cram so much into like, two
1: lines yeah he's
2: like there he's like he killed my sister and blah blah blah, blah, blah. and you're like whoa 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 guys is calm down
1: that, is there any reason that you're here the night he's about to kill his whole family right why because why, he's killed someone else there's just too many coincidences in that storyline like why why was he there what was he is he just staring at him
2: to to me he's faci- he's he's a facilitator to make things easier moving forward and stuff too like like, I love the fact when they were laying out the burned items that he saved a, a piece of the, the newspaper clipping that was like Kennedy shot in Dallas. And I wanted to be like, I, I would have loved to see him flipping through Al's scrapbook and being like, Al, really? You're keeping an article saying that he was shot in Dallas? We know that. <laughs> we don't need the article saying. That's the whole reason we're doing this. <laughs> Kennedy, he's like, I was like, don't forget, Kennedy was shot on a street in Dallas. That's why I kept that clipping. And I was just like, out of everything to save in the fire, that's one that I would have purposefully destroyed because if that little piece of paper went floating out in the wind, then you could, that could cause horrific effects. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to his kind of loose dealings with like, Al scrapbook and what he needs to be aware of and what he doesn't, you know, and and the fact that that scrap came up at the end, I was like, number one, of course, it's that scrap, the one that doesn't give away too much. It's just mm-hmm. enough, uh, and it's the scrap that is useless to have kept.
1: Mm-hmm. What if it was like a, a different news story, but it was still had the same effect? You know, like John Lennon is dead. What do you
2: mean? Who's John Lennon? Number No, yeah. <laughs> and why is he dead?
0: <laughs> yeah, and why is Al keeping a scrap of that in the JFK files?
2: <laughs> yeah. What if it's just that the Beatles broke up? <laughs> hey, guys, don't care about these Beatles guys. They're just going to break up in a few years anyway. <laughs> and then they never get famous and music is just stuck like uh, bluegrass.
0: This is the last uh, question I have
3: hmm
2: good
0: have either of you noticed and I may be going crazy if no one else is seeing this the top and bottom of the screen or of the show is always blurry have you noticed that at all no it is absolutely <laughs> no. driving me crazy the next time you watch the show, I want you to please look for any shot and look to see if things are unnecessarily blurry or if like the top and bottom of the screen is blurry. Because I, I swear to you I'm noticing it.
1: Well, it's it's gotta be something to do with your player. I, I would have definitely noticed that. That stuff drives me nuts.
0: I'll try and watch it on a different I watched it on my computer again. It actually worked this time. Although I will say, this is what happened. It gets to the commercials. It goes, it goes blank. Nothing mm-hmm. happens. I hit refresh. And then it says, it pops up a message that says, we're sorry we can't show you ads. You have Adblocker installed. Click here to turn it off or whatever. And then it just gives me like a 60-second countdown.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I do not and have not ever installed Adblock. I don't know why that is coming up.
2: You've got spam on your computer there. Somebody's hacking in from Russia. Yeah, Yeah. I do not have
0: spam on my computer. They're
2: accessing your bank account right now. They're probably all over your social media accounts.
0: With that being said, it worked, though. I just had to hit refresh every time an advertisement was supposed to come up.
2: I have not noticed the blur. The one thing that I did want to say, kind of helping you out a little bit on the... Feeling like a '90s miniseries. This is the way that I can that, that I think about it. It's like an event minis miniseries. Mm-hmm. Do you remember, like yeah, Stephen King used to have events, like they were advertised and like all of America, because we had nothing better to do, was like, well, I guess I'll see how this Langoliers show is. Um, and it and it has a feel of one of those. What's weird is we live in a in a time now where it's just like. Here's this show. And I like that Hulu is playing it once a week. I do like that. Because on Netflix, I just went on there last week and there's like four new things. Like it's just like, here's a Judd Apatow show and here's this and here's that. It's overwhelming. And I'm like, I just wish our society could just calm down and get excited about a crappy miniseries again that we could all unified come together on and watch together. And if it sucks, guess what? There's no other entertainment out there, so deal with it, you know? <laughs> but instead, it's like, this is one of a million shows right now that we could be watching. But it does have a feeling of an old-school, like, miniseries event, you know?
1: Right.
0: Yeah, I, I, think, I think having everything available all at once is a nice convenience, but... I think for me, having it restricted to once a week is a better viewing experience. Absolutely, because you're you don't you're not left feeling exhausted after watching six hours of a show in a row. Yeah, because mm-hmm. even if it, because you can't turn it off, even if it's that good, you're still kind of like, man, I I can't believe I just did that to
2: myself. <laughs> and you can't remember anything. Yeah, yeah, like that's the other thing is I I feel like I want to talk to professional critics now and be like. I don't know. maybe 20 years ago there was maybe it's just all perspective, and maybe it's not any heavy of a workload. But like Alan Steppenwall, who, who I, I enjoy, I want to be like, do you remember what you watched last year? Like other than writing it down? Mm-hmm. What, what has stuck in your, in your mind? Because it can't be much because you're watching so much stuff, you know?
0: All right. So, any other thoughts on uh, the kill floor? Are you looking? We're looking forward to the next episode. I mean, I, I'm assuming we we will get. Uh, I'm hoping we will get a little more explanation as to who this bartender kid is and why he was where he was.
2: I think you got it all in this two two sentences. Next episode.
0: I do want to say quickly one thing that I did like, and actually, I wanted to bring up um, Rob from the Best of Three podcast tweeted at us or at our uh at the show's new account about uh how he he was curious as to how they the show would be handling all the content from the book and I think he got the impression and I got the same impression which I think is a good way to tackle it that each episode would be more or less kind of a vignette of the different stories that take place in the book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm, if I'm misunderstanding that, that his, his, question. Idea, his question at all, I'm sorry for that, but that's how I took it. And that's what I was thinking, watching it. Like I thought after um, the first episode ended and once this one began, I thought it would be a, a really good idea to sort of take maybe the most essential or the most interesting storylines from the book and just turn them into eight single episodes and kind of have this JFK assassination thread running through it. Um, So that's kind of what I'm expecting for the next episode. Hmm. Do you see that as a possibility? Is that interesting at all to you? Or do you kind of just want them to get to the point?
1: I personally want them to get to the point. Uh, I saw the trailer for next week and I'm not overly excited I don't oh, really?
0: like it. I didn't watch the trailer.
1: Oh, well, it looks like a lot of bartender and a lot of yeah, partnering probably. up with uh, James Franco and trying to like his like his new partner, like a wingman and it just did not really? look interesting. It looked yeah, that stupid. Not too interesting.
2: <laughs> Here, here's here's the question. Does James Franco tell the bartender that he could get cancer if he tries to help him stop this assassination? <laughs> does does that come up?
1: Well, that would be one way to get rid of him, so it probably not.
2: Exactly. I don't think he's going to tell them. And they're both going to end up cancer ridden and JFK mm-hmm. is going to end up getting impeached for uh sexual misconduct in the uh in the oval office. <laughs> it's, it's been, it's been in another better year just as being assassinated, right? Exactly. 6 months later he's going to get caught with his pants down in the oval yeah, office they're going to laughing stock. Exactly. And then there you go. They Congratulations, people died to save that. But it'll come um, out
1: that he killed Marilyn Monroe. We all know he did that.
2: <laughs> we all know. Um, and so, <laughs> so yeah, which any, leads
0: us on to our next topic: uh, jet fuel doesn't melt steel beams,
3: <laughs> <laughs> right?
2: Yeah, that's our that every we're going with this. That's for our everything is conspiracy theory <laughs> podcast. Um, but uh, that's we don't joke
3: about that. That's not funny. Okay. Um, uh,
2: but any any stray observations about the um about the episode? I mean, I
0: had a stray observation about the diapers. I don't know how interesting it is, but I will say that I have had food poisoning in my life probably more often than I've had the flu,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and I have never once shitted myself so much that i needed to wear diapers
1: (laughs) but what if you knew you were going to be out and killing people
0: i just let it fly at that point like i feel like in a in a fight where i'm trying to kill somebody that would be to my advantage
2: yeah here's here's my straight observation they missed they really missed an opportunity there while he was strangling josh Duhamel. For him to actually crap his pants in that moment (laughs) or or just just to have an audible fart kind of give him away before he walks into the room. Or like when he's telling Harry, he's like, Harry, go in your room and don't come out no matter what you hear. (laughs) (laughs) And they just fart because it's like a visual gag when he's walking out with like kind of larger pants. Yeah. It never comes up again. Yeah. yeah. It's never even referenced. It's just like, yeah, the, the past is pushing back. And maybe, it, maybe they're self-aware enough to make it funny to be like, "Yeah, you're stopping a bad guy, so the past is just gonna give you a migraine." Or yeah, like the squirts, mm-hmm. you know. What, but um,
1: what about remember when the when he was strangling the Josh Jamel and the bartender was sitting there at the stairs? What if the bartender turned around and he had crapped his pants, and that was <laughs> that was the twist? You're like, oh.
2: What if what if the past because well, here's the thing, the past burned out, right, and then when when uh James Franco goes back, it tries the same trick on him. Mm-hmm. like what That's if with the past it's not, not very inventive. clever,
1: yeah,
2: and then it just like throws a chandelier, but the chandelier misses it's almost like the pastor's trying to adjust really quickly on the fly. it's like, oh i will throw this <laughs> chandelier down, and yeah. now I'll go have sex with this lady right um but uh but what if the past can just put the same effect? So anyone who's trying to change that, they all just get the squirts. <laughs> so yeah, the bartender does get it. Cause he's in the vicinity. <laughs> the batch is like, well, yeah. you you're too close. You got it now. There, there you go.
0: Yeah. I, I think, I think it would have been better if, so James Franco strangles Frank, right? He gets done and then he looks around at everybody and then he, as he takes his steps down the stairs, he just goes. <laughs> <laughs> all the way out of the house. They really missed it. Yeah, they, there they was really- no follow up on that, that which is n- not necessarily that I would have actually wanted that in the show. It just is weird to bring something up like that and then to never touch on it again.
2: The I- most believable James Franco has been is when he was buying those adult diapers. <laughs> and when the guy was trying to upsell him on some medication. And you're just like I need those right now. Give them to me right now. I believed him in that moment.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, this episode took a turn. I think we've <laughs> run out of turn things to talk about. Stinky.
2: <laughs> Better than the turn it took in the
1: in the last episode.
2: Which Justin, you cut out, didn't oh, no. you? I heavily edited all
0: of the pedophilia stuff out of the last episode. Oh, people don't want to listen to that.
2: Ugh, I beg to differ.
0: Well. <laughs> Well, there was nothing to be done about it now because it is gone and deleted. But, yeah, there was a lot of stuff that was cut
1: out. Of the well, I think episode. there's a theme, though. I don't know if Stephen King is or the director is doing it on purpose, but the scene where uh, James Franco is looking at the little boy with one shoe. Yes. He's, he's like staring. I mean, he's giving the mm-hmm. eye. Yes.
0: I think that, if anything, is more of a testament to the sort of off kilterness of james franco's acting than anything <laughs> yes, that could because be in that scene i
1: was like wait a minute is he like eyeballing
0: this kid like well, what is he what is he doing right now
1: exactly i mean i don't think the director was like okay james i right. f the kid
2: <laughs> but but also and then his next line he doesn't sell either right. just like that's a nice kid seems like a good kid something like that yeah and, yeah, and, and even and, the guy
1: and, was like i'm yeah, sure Sure. Yeah, and he just says it so like disturbingly.
2: This James Franco is just so nice. a disturbing actor, and I just feel like in the fifties, it's just like this bizarre and maybe is this like man out of time feeling that mm-hmm. he's kind of going for. But it's just it's just so bizarre to hear him utter every line, and then to juxtapose like his line like Mash, double I forget their their mm-hmm. their troop number, but then the old man goes into this just like gritty realized just you know really strongly acted scene and it cuts to james franco too and you just see him like awkwardly saying like huh? i think he even just like pats his lap he's just like mm,
1: it's off mm. it's for it's like you said it's forced they only have eight episodes the book obviously should be two series two seasons and right. they're forcing it and that's yep, gonna be it, the problem
2: right and, and that's the problem too is i guess like I, I I again I like James Franco because he's weird and he gives us these moments but the problem with getting James Franco is that you are limiting this to an 8 episode thing you know if you went with like uh uh non actors then I think that you could have expanded this thing I think that they they went for broke they grabbed Franco for what they could 8 episodes and they were like let's just let's just cram it in there and I'm I'm a little I'm a little um, nervous about their approach on this story now, because the corners that they're cutting are some serious corners Mm -hmm. and I can see why given the story that's coming up, but man, if, if they are just going to keep cutting, cutting, cutting the way that they are, um, I don't know. I, I don't see this as a trending up show. I see this as kind of maybe trending down. Maybe the ending, the ending was really awesome in the book. So maybe they'll stick the stick, the ending, but they're not setting up for a great middle.
0: Yeah. I mean, the last thing I'll say about it is I, I liked the episode and and I liked, I've liked the episode so far, despite all the things I've joked about in this, I still like the show and I think what I like about it is that I haven't read the book I'm completely unfamiliar with the material. Mm-hmm. So, getting so, so coming, I wasn't super excited coming into this episode. Um,
2: you don't know how to work Hulu, you barely yeah, know right. what TV is. Partly because I, I wasn't <laughs> sure
0: what to expect, mm-hmm. um, and partly because the, the whole setup didn't really lead me to be that excited for it. But what I got was a really great, you know, Kingian scene. In Mm -hmm. the meat processing plant. Yeah, a a great. I felt like dialogue scene in the car leading up to it. Yeah, Uh, and and there's just a lot of moments like that strewn throughout this episode. the The ending of the episode definitely stutters a lot. Um, so I'm hoping that you know we get more of the first three quarters instead of the last. Right, but you know, that's remained to be seen,
1: <laughs> and I have the opposite. I was excited. it liked where it was going after the first episode, and now I'm sort of a little nervous about where it's going. and
2: this show has potential dad bod where <laughs> looking from the top down we're, we're to the neck,, uh-huh. and it's like the top looks looks good, but we're seeing some maybe features right that our middle section could be a little dad body uh-huh. mm. and then maybe down at the bottom, we'll get a little tighter.
1: Right. Can't but see the uh, collarbones. This...
2: Right. <laughs> right. The collarbones are a little sunken in there. Mm-hmm. We don't see uh, any definition up there.
1: Right.
0: Patches um, of it... hair, slumped shoulders. So, yeah. So
2: here's, here's my final question. What was the killing floor like the next morning? People come in <laughs> to see a slaughtered <laughs> calf on the floor right. and, what was done to that calf? Was it still butchered? Or Yeah, I'm sure it was. I mean, he
0: gave Are the they guy his cigarettes. I'm sure that guy yeah, knows what the score is.
1: Exactly. They probably came in and was like, well, looks like Frank killed another cow last night.
2: <laughs> Frank was teaching another, another lesson.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: Good old Frank. All right. Well, you've been
0: listening to Everything is Television. Um, you can follow the show now has its own Twitter account. So. You can follow and interact with the show's account on Twitter, which is at ei podcasts with an S, and you will get a hopefully get a response from a random one of us. <laughs> who knows who that will be? And you may even get multiple responses. Yeah. Um, we
2: don't talk outside of this show. Right.
0: <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter if you're interested in that. I am at Blizzard with nine Zs.
2: I'm at Things Come Right.
1: And I'm at KK Summers.
0: You can find links to all of that stuff in the show notes or at our website, eipodcast.com. And we will see you next week after uh, we watch episode three.